it is living in the past for another mini episode uh we are counting down the top 20 movies and top 20 albums of 1990 i just worked out that I didn't say that in the last... <laughs> I was just about to say, I don't think you said where we were. Yeah, so, uh, look, it's fine. Those people are going to be so confused. <laughs> when they come in, it's like, oh, new podcast, hmm? I'll go for mini episode number 10. That'll get me up to speed. Uh, so, my name's Paul. Uh, as always, joining me is Ben. Pretty much always, yeah. Pretty much always. Oh, yeah. And then um, we are talking today some... The prestige films of 1990. I wish we were talking about the prestige. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> no, no. So let's 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 get on to films. Cool. So uh, when Home Alone three, uh, Home Alone, Home Alone three, Home Alone uh, was was number three. It was the number three top grossing film of 1990. But we've done an entire episode dedicated to that movie. Um, go check it out. Uh, in your podcast queue. Next up, number two was... Does this go for too long? I just, I always love that bit. I don't know why. I love that guy. Do you know why you love it? Because it's no. so fucking out of place in this movie. Is it though? It is like because I I was watching. Okay, when I what's your opinion of this movie? It's Pretty Woman, by the way. <laughs> it's Pretty Woman. <laughs> if you didn't know from that the song, there's a good chance you know people wouldn't. Have yeah, known. true. It's it's about pretty. It's it's this. It is Pretty Woman. Um, that bit because I, I I had never seen it before. Wow. And I watched it at re- like uh, last year. And you've got a sister. Yeah, but like I just I I didn't. Huh. Yeah, I've okay. never. I, I mean, I'd seen parts of it. I'd always seen like um, him smacking the the case down on her hand and laughing, and yeah, I knew about the. I I always liked, even though I hadn't seen the the whole movie. Like I, I like the guy playing the um, concierge at the hotel from Chicago. Hope. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Barney. Yeah, Barney. <laughs> um, but uh, when that came up, it was so fucking weird. It was like, oh, like. Yeah, okay, you got this at the end of the movie. It's... You know it's at the start of the movie as well, right? Yeah, but like... It ties it all together. Does it? Kind of. It's like they were filming a different film, and then they said like, oh, well, let's just use that bit from that, and we'll put Pretty Woman in between no, the two bits. No, because you see... I'm going to get way too into this. <laughs> it starts out, like, in Vivian's world, this seedy underbelly of... L- not seedy, not an underbelly, like, but the grungy sign of LA. Yeah. And, like, that's what it's like. In the real world, on the streets. Okay. And then it, by the end of it, like she's living her fairy tale and being swept away, but there's still the reality of the streets. Like it's not all a fairy tale. Like that shit's still going on. Like you see, Kit at the end, she has to go back to her old life. Yeah. Kit. Not everything is. Kit is like she's the worst friend ever. <laughs> she. <laughs> she tries to help. She's got some issues she's working through. Um. Yeah, look, I look. It was, it was, it was. Did you cry? Did you cry? I didn't actually. Almost. No, I was very detached from this. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I um, like I don't like Richard Gere. Like it really takes me a lot to want to watch him. Like I'm just like, I mean, apart from Mothman prophecies, of course. (laughs) Obviously, (laughs) Um, but this is like, I don't. 
it's not for me. I'm really shocked at how he was such a heartthrob. Like, I get he's not ugly, he's got money, and he's not mistreating this sex worker. But he's a real weird-looking guy. He's an odd man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and he's not the most wonderful man. And then let's look about, like, Jason Alexander, George Costanza, um, as his friend, colleague, uh, piece of shit. Mm. Um, man, he was doing this before Seinfeld. Or this is just just, just up, before. Yeah, just before. No, and, it's funny. His uh, counterpart, not your counterpart, his uh, rival, I guess, Yeah. for George Costanza is also in it. Who was that? Um, isn't it, is, his name, is it Larry Miller? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, he plays the guy in the shop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I fucking love Larry Miller. Um, he's okay. He's in uh, LA Story. I just watched that recently. Oh. Just little bits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, weird movie. <laughs> oh, I'll take it off my cue. No, no, no. You should. It's, it's, oh. it's, it's, it's awesome, but it's just like, it's just really odd. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, look, it's just not for, like, I tried to like it a lot and I really liked julia roberts performance in it and i, I like she's so good i like the the her character and stuff it's 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 him that i didn't like mm. and um, i guess i guess it's you're supposed to be on the fence with him and then i guess she's supposed to slightly endear to him but not all the way and then at the end it's like oh he's a good guy could have been could have, could have done without him taking on like a, a gang of toughs in the alleyway behind the club yeah like, that was kind of weird mm. um but yeah man that that the end where uh, George Costanza attacks her. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, that's, that's disappointing. Um, I recently uh, stopped watching Out Out for Justice, the Steven Seagal one for the 1991 oh, yeah. season, and like, there's a bit where a lady gets beaten up severely at the start. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I mean, I know that this happens in the world, and like, I know that they're trying to sort of like, this is this is real, this is reality, but like, man, it's uh, it's tough to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Jason Alexander, uh, we also have, um, uh, yeah, like as we talked about last episode, really good soundtrack. Got, uh, so good. Got the Bowie, you got the Tears of Fears, uh, got the Roxette. Must be. Does, does in every love. band have the, the style of them? Yeah. <laughs> the Tears of Fears and the Roxette. <laughs> the music by the bands and the soundtrack and yeah. the audio section. Uh, I do I, like. I mean, look, and man, if you want montages, ooh, baby, there is a bit of that going on. Yeah, I feel like it moves along quite well, though. It's it's a quick, it's not a quick movie, but like it's 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 got a good pace to it. Yeah, I um, did watch it in two parts, which may have helped. But and talking about movies that go on a good pace, um, I I think also I must have seen this movie before, but. I can't remember Are certain parts of it. Are we moving on from Pretty Woman already? Yeah. But it was so good. We talk about the number one grossing movie of 1990. The reason that uh, um, the Righteous Brothers went back into the charts yeah. in, in Australia. We're talking about Patrick Swayze, uh, Demi Moore, Ghost. You can talk about it. This film creeped me out as a child. I really, really love this movie. and like, I noticed you didn't rate it. Um, yeah, did you give a good three and a half? Oh, three and a half. Um, I look. I, I gave Pretty Woman four. <laughs> yeah, I think I, no, I think I got three and a half. You gave it two and a half. Did I? You did. I was quite upset. 
<laughs> like, I know it's, again, I know it's problematic oh and it's Lord. not perfect, but she's just so adorable and nice and sweet and she gets her fairy tale. It's... Stop skipping on my um, ratings. What are you doing? Stop giving out shitty ratings. Uh, so, I look, I I had never seen... I I don't think I'd seen this movie in its entirety probably since the 90s and like I still then I probably was too young to really remember it. I always just assumed it was a bit too hokey. Like, it's like you got that... Um, the unchained melody bit with the with the um the pottery the pottery it's also then i think in naked gun two and a half yeah is yeah that's that's it's nearly as famous for that part where the pottery goes fucking everywhere pretty funny part of the film um <laughs> you've got the Whoopi goldberg in there i'm gonna put the on that thing. <laughs> you've got um man who can never pay anyone that is ever gonna be good tony goldman in it who plays the best friend he is it that's the creepy guy that haunts my dreams? Yeah. Yeah. He he He's is so mean and awful. I didn't look into him, but like, man, like I can't think of him ever being in a, a bit where it's like, oh Tony Goldwyn's here. Now something is gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think he aside from the um why do I think his name's Edgar Wright? The guy with the curly hair. The director? No, the not the director. The creepy guy in the film that's also a ghost. Oh, the um, Vincent Schiavelli, the one in the subway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why do I think it was Edgar Wright? There's another <laughs> the, guy... The director of Hot Fuzz. <laughs> there's, no, there's another guy called Edgar Wright that looks like him. Okay, cool. We'll get to that later. Right. Uh, probably in 98. Um, yeah, both of those characters, like this and Pretty Woman, I saw, maybe not start to finish as a child, but I saw it a lot as a child, having two older sisters. Yeah. They got played a lot. And those scenes in Ghost scared me a little bit like the death scene the ghost scene the angriness and the uh. well the ghost scenes like the movies <laughs> <laughs> no like when it all first starts yeah okay so like i um i was talking to my wife about because it's like it's like because he's like hey you've seen this movie ghost <laughs> for 19 good movie no it's like it's just this i was like i couldn't believe how good a movie was that i just assumed was just trash um I do remember one instance of seeing some of it where um, I was a Cub Scout. So okay. I went on uh, the camps with the Cubs. Um, and the we Chicago used... Cubs? Yes. Oh, so wow. like you have Scouts um, and then underneath Scouts are Cubs. They're like, they're like <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> it's low hanging fruit, and you okay. do not need to pick it. I didn't say anything. Okay, it's so, just funny because you're a bear now. <laughs> um, so we used to go. Uh, it's mostly to Woodhouse and like those sort of. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Did you crack a lot of walnuts there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> focus, Paul. Focus. What does this have to do with Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze? So we we used to catch buses up, <laughs> and then on the buses they'd have that you know the buses with the one TV at the end of the bus oh, like yeah. that we wanted to watch. Yep. And then they had two they had two movies, and then one of them was Ghost, and they put Ghost on for a bunch then, of little kids for ba- like ten, like seriously ten or twelve or under like. Ooh. And then this is all boys, right? Oh, uh, there, was a, there was a couple of girls. Oh, there's um, girls. Then um, I remember when the so after the pottery scene where they start actually sort of having sex, 
the um, Cub Scout leader like went up and like just <laughs> pretended to make an announcement, but used his arms oh, in front of the no. TV and was like, "You're just drawing attention <laughs> to it." <laughs> so that um that first night at that camp was uh, no one got out of their bunks that night. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Right, everyone discovered their uh, spinning table, and the and the washing machines were just like <laughs> uh, wow. next day. Anyway, that's my that was that was my my memory of ghosts up until last night. Um, it's really really what's good. your like, new memory? Pretty pretty similar. <laughs> now, um, I mean, the other thing too is like the sex scenes, like hardly anything at all. Like you don't really see much. I'm just like, what? Were, like we're like <gasps> a shoulder. <laughs> Oh, oh! Um, Demi Moore's rocking a pair of. Uh, I think I talked to. Was it you? I talked about um, mm-hmm. overalls. Uh, no, it was maybe. me and Andy. I think me and Andy were like overalls with the one. Oh, yeah, pretty good. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I look. I I thought it was gonna be like way way yeah hokey yeah, like but like they actually dealt. With the fact, that, like, they didn't focus too much on, like, um, when him and Whoopi first meet. They're like, you know, some some movies is like they're gonna tease that out for like twenty minutes. Like, oh, I can hear you. You yeah. can hear me. I can hear. Like, they actually get that get down to business pretty good. The fact that like they also add a layer to the story that it's not just a random murder. Like he was, he was there to was kill. Because it? it's um, basically what happens is that um, Tony Goldwyn, the creepy best friend. Yes. He. Um, he wants money um, in the bank they work on, they work from. They work at a bank. Yeah. Oh, how boring. And then um, they um, he gets this um, this dude to to basically murder Patrick Swayze. Oh. And then Patrick Swayze. Is it Edgar Wright. No. Oh. <laughs> Patrick Swayze um, in you know trying to find out who did it because like oh this um because the the mugger uh, the guy who shoots him comes back to the apartment um when uh, it's just Demi Moore there and he's looking for something and like so that's like the mystery starts and it's really really good um then he gets Whoopi Goldberg and he's, she's sort of a medium that she can talk for him um how many times have you and Mouse had ditto in the last week <laughs> it's gonna happen <laughs> um one of the biggest surprises uh Stephen Root uh, Milton from Office Space and also oh. the manager from News Radio, which I can't wait to talk about. Oh, yeah. He plays the cop in this. The worst he's, cop ever? No, he's a very, very, like, I mean, he is the worst cop ever, but, like, he's very, very young. <laughs> he's the one that basically, like, she says, oh, she gives them the name of the guy who shot her partner, and he comes back with basically bug shots of Whoopi Goldberg saying, don't trust this woman, she's a shyster. Oh. Um, so she's, and he's like, off you go. <laughs> Um, the Tony Goldwyn dies spectacularly by a window falling on him. That I remember. That was terrifying. Uh, and then there's the that. bit where the mugger, mugger, when him and the mugger die, the um black shadow people come and take him yeah. away. When Tony Goldwyn dies, man, there is an there is screaming, but there's an effect that happens like. One of the black shadowy figures kind of has a face and it looks at the camera. It looks like oh. someone's got like a sock puppet with black pantyhose and it's just like, oh, oh, we're here. <laughs> Gonna take him away. Oh, 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 oh. Sock <laughs> it was, it was like those, those effects. Uh, if there's anything that's going to like tarnish this movie, it's like those effects. And also towards the end of the film, it just gets a bit like, it just sort of stumbles towards the end a bit. 
Yeah. Um, but I really like it. Um, so, and I, I look, um, yeah, I was just pleasantly surprised. So if you you didn't get to see it, but I, did, I think at some point in the next uh, year or so you should you should watch it. Just on the tone of uh, most, now we're at the end of the nineties films, mm-hmm. um, majority of which being somewhat problematic in some form. Yes, this also was. Mm, I don't know, like Not it's, noticeably. Um, I mean, you wouldn't have faith in the U.S. banking system considering that. Uh, <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg walks in and says, "Like uh, my name's this person who's got four million dollars," and then she signs her own name. And like Jack just says, "No, no, no, go sign the other name." And she's like, "Oh, can I have another one?" I signed the wrong name, and they're like, "Nope, <laughs> <laughs> no problems, bye bye." I mean, it was the nineties; they didn't have any technology. Uh, funny little fan through that of me and my wife um, because she, um, Patrick, so she's got basically a check for four million dollars, and Patrick's face is like, "You can't keep it because it's blood money," like. I die he, for that money, sort of thing. Well, and she's he's like, dead. Who cares? It's hers. Um, so he's like, "Can you?" And there's a couple of nuns uh, taking donations out in the street. Oh. So he gives that, and I'm like, "Wouldn't it be funny if like they use that to set up the um, church that then she goes and hides in for Sisterac?" Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's why she goes and becomes a nun because she knows that. Yeah. They've got four million. They should just tie those two things together. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, look, ghosts. Definitely, um, we'll we'll go into we'll get more into the tone of nineteen ninety movies um, in our in our end of uh, season episode. Um, but man, um, I, this one was I think it's I don't know whether it was like worth being like I I think the reason it was number one at the box office was it was just for that sex scene and the pottery thing. Uh, that was two the selling point, were like probably nearing the peaks of their careers oh yeah yeah like i'm not sure that too but like i mean uh, we don't live in a time and obviously like in definitely not in these times but like even before like um like uh, the covid pandemic like you would not go and see a movie because two people like are really famous and they yeah like it's it's just a different reason to like like it's just although now like uh, DiCaprio and Brad Pitt in the same film, like fuck, that's amazing. Them in a film together, finally, this is, I have to go see it. It's yeah. those two together. Yeah, I suppose that's yeah. There's still a bit of that pull, but I think it's just um yeah. This one, I mean, I have to say, Demi Moore is probably like the weakest part of this movie. Like she's she's not really that upset about Patrick's piece of <laughs> being around anymore. Is it the four million dollars that helps? Well, she doesn't know about that. Oh. So, like, yeah, she's just, like, she's got no idea. And uh, she looks fairly confused the entire time. Oh. Um, I was also going to say, um, based on the box office stance, we've mentioned a couple of times throughout this year about female-led films. Yes. And there being basically none. Yes. And the top two are not quite female-led, but probably but co-leads. Prominent? Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, you can't say that Pretty Woman is not Julia Roberts' film. Like that's no. that's she that's her film. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, and look, Demi Moore, as I just said, like you know, she's not great in it. Like, she does hold like you know, she does hold her own, and she, she does hold the vase. She does hold the vase. Um, yeah, like it's 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 at least got like in top billing. Um, uh, I don't think they're passing any bestel tests, but like it's uh no. <laughs> also, it's sadly, like, probably part of why. It would be the sex scene again. You get women to come out to the films to see women in romantic films, and you get guys to come out with them because there's some well, titties in it. Yeah, and then like, so, 
basically. Because, um, like, that bit where, like, they're having sex and the, the, the lottery, it's, like, got the, um, the Righteous Brothers in the back. And then... In the background. In the background. They're <laughs> just, just watching. The- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my... Oh. <laughs> um, then, uh, towards the end of the film, uh, Whoopi Goldberg allows... Allows Patrick Swayze to enter her body as to be a vessel to touch Demi Moore, and then as soon as like mm. so, and it cuts to Demi Moore, and then like uh, when it pans out, like it's now just like you don't see Whoopi Goldberg being doing the touchy. It's Patrick Swayze, and like Righteous Brothers come up again, and like the song comes up. But I would have thought the best thing to do would be to cut back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> with Patrick Swayze and then like Whoopi Goldberg being the one that's like hugging and caressing Demi Moore. <laughs> yeah, that's, she would have been down with that. That's the outtake I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's get on to music. Now, I know I throw the term banger around. <laughs> <laughs> but man Blue Sky Mining by Midnight Oil might be my fav- one of my favourite albums of this year um, it mm. is just it is so good and the reason I like it so much is like last year like last last week we sort of we gave Jimmy Barnes the business a bit <laughs> because um, you know his album wasn't that great and the top album of, of this of this year which we'll get to we'll 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 take him to task too. Um, <laughs> we? Well, the thing is, like, at least when I was like singing about something, like, like at least said the lyrics were about something. Like, it's just like I'm not a fan, but I will give them the fact that they they took a stance. Um, yeah, I don't know how much it did for the country at the time. By the looks of how things are now, not a lot. <laughs> but like, it was like um, a a popular band in the in the public's eye singing about something that actually mattered that's not um you know just like your your baby or your girl or your man or all that stuff it's just like it actually has some stuff but Blue Sky Mine it just sounds so Oz Rock to Len, me Lent play Lent how to play it it's pretty good I need a reverb pill no you don't <laughs> no you don't is this Paul Kelly? Shit, don't you dare. I, I can't I can't tell. But my favourite song of this album is this Forgotten Years. And like look, it does sound like Aussie indie rock yeah. sort of thing. It's not as good as Mike and the Mechanics either. <laughs> Fuck you. But, you know. but you still had um then you also had uh, King of the Mountain, River Runs Red. It's really it's just it is a fantastic album that everyone should listen to at some point because it's got some Good songs, and some it talks about something too. It has regrown on me slightly. Like I hated Midnight Oil for a while. I saw them, came to appreciate them, went off them a bit because they get so overplayed. But at the end of the day, they were a. a I guess they were good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, now the second, okay. The second most sold album in Australia on Let's the Aria Charts. Let's do a little uh, speed bump and jump in the air and go to number one. <laughs> um, it was the Three Tenors. Uh, much like Andre Rial. Look, we live in a very old <laughs> society in Australia. Like, we've got one of the highest um, elderly rates in the world. Really? Yeah. 
Like wow. we, we got a lot of people who are into um, stuff that they're into. So um, they're into their own ways and they so the won't three, change. The three tenors were like one of those things. Like they got replaced by Michael Flatley. Then they got replaced by um, whatever came after that. Like then Andre Rial. Andre Rial's now the, 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 the reigning, like I used to work in Sanity I would sell an Andre Real CD or DVD every single shift without fail. Without fail. And he had nearly 30 of them. And he's like, I saw clips of his DVDs as well when he's playing, probably not in the greatest towns, but like just the crowds he would play to. Yeah. Who the fuck wants to go and see this? And then they come home and they buy the CD and it's like, oh, he sounds just like the CD when he's live. I'm like, then just stay home and listen to the CD. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I just look, he, he, he looks like someone who's got some secrets behind that violin of his. Probably. For all the money he's got. I mean, who isn't getting up to something shady? Just reminds me of that. Um, you know, there's a family guy where like, Peter's trying to be a guy and he's like, he's like got an orchestra. He's like, oh, we're really fucking cooking now. <laughs> Every time I think about Andre Rios, just, that's the look on his face. He's like, oh yeah, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> is it Family Guy or Terrence and Phillips? I don't know. Uh, so the number one album um, of 1990... Drum roll. Oh, okay. Shut up. Uh, was Chain Reaction by John Farnham. An album that was played relentlessly around my house, as with every other John Farnham fucking album, because my sister loved him and my mum loved him. And I do not love him. I Oh, is he your Jimmy Barnes? Uh, I think... Okay, and this is going... What's the dislike about... This is Barnes. giving Jimmy Barnes like a way, way too much credit. But like, I think Jimmy Barnes has got like a little bit more edge to him. Obviously. But like... It's from Elizabeth. But John Farnham... And Scotland. <laughs> John, yeah. John Farnham's just like, there's nothing to what he does. And like, it's just, he's he's now transparently just like doing it for the money. And his hair's stupid. And, <laughs> <laughs> and this album in particular... Um, Fucking hell! It was just—it was just a slog to get through. So, you're not saying there's any bangers on here? Is that what you're saying? Because um, that's freedom and chain reaction are Australian classics. That's freedom's not even his song. That's not important, um, is it? It's not like he merely vanillied it. Oh, did he write any of these? He's. He look. Um, apparently, he wanted a different sound from like Whispering Jack, and I think I can't remember the one that um, beforehand. The one that basically like Whispering Jack had. Um, You're the voice. You're the voice on it and stuff like that. Classic. Um, he wanted to change it, and what he did, he got. Do you remember a band called Southern Sons? No. They were like that sort of. Um, you know, that Black Sorrows, like that sort of like. Oh yeah. Sort of the the groovy bluesy type sort of thing, and if you listen to this album, which I unfortunately did. Me too. Um, you can tell that he's that he, there's, there's definitely like a blues roots rock thing going through like a lot of these songs. Um, the only song that doesn't is That's Freedom, which is like the probably like the biggest Or thing. what about this banger? I guess it feels like you're always alone. Yeah. So burn for you. So good. 
about him getting gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> it burns for you. Also, did I only just noticed how um Peter Gabriel slash Crowded House this album cover is? Oh man, it's like it's, it's like he grabbed a bunch of Peter Gabriel albums and Crowded House like. Hey, art guy, use these to make my cover, and they just threw them all together. All the art guys was like, "So we're settled." We go about three or four pictures, and he's like, "Yep, yep, cool," and just keeps bringing back. He's like, "No, no, put this on there. No, no, put this on there. No, put this on there." <laughs> apparently, in the middle, like, cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste. His, his um, his daughter was born halfway through this. Apparently, like she's like in right in the middle of it. Um, <laughs> that's his daughter. I think so. She's not done. Put her back in. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but then, um, yeah, like, it's just, you can tell uh, that this was his. I thought, I just glanced, I thought it said, see the bananas fall. <laughs> <laughs> see the banners fall. Sorry. The banners fall. Uh, so, Whispering Jack was 86. Age of Reason, which was the big one um, in 1988. That was the big one? Well, that and Whispering Jack were pretty big. Okay. I'd never um, heard of that one. Then again was like then this is the thing. This is when he goes downhill. So then again in 1993, um, I remember the only thing of that that I can remember is like seems like a good idea at the time. Yeah. Is that a follow up to the gonorrhea song? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then Romeo's heart, I think, has always been said like that was his like. You need to. You need to stop now, John, and just do like your hits and just keep touring and keep doing farewell shows. This is not a hit, and I thought that it was. It's a little bit Phil Collins. A little bit, but, uh, but my other problem with John Farnham is that his all voice, our sons and daughters. His no. yeah, that's just that. That's just taking that line from um, "You're the Voice." Yeah, that's. I thought it was going to be as good as that. It's not. Hey, what if I just take the prequels from that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what he sounds like. Yeah, it is okay. actually. Hey, oh. how you doing? Hey, um, <laughs> better than Barnsey. <laughs> I'm not going to try. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it's just he's 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 also got a bit of a, like a. His voice isn't consistent. Isn't that fun? Diversity. No. No, because like if you're John Farnham, you should just have a consistent voice on every track. I'm not like, and I will say that like I will, I will say that Billy Joel does it sometimes too. It's like, ooh, um, I know that you're doing a soul track, Billy, but you don't have to try and sound like an African American because <laughs> 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 it sounds like you're trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, like when he does um his song Big Show, Big Shot, Big Shot. He steps out from his piano and he tries to be all tough and cool and. Oh, yeah, um, when he does no. his little yells off mic. Yeah. I know there's little yells. Uh, He's fine. Uh, that one he tries... sit down. Yeah. We're not going to go into a Billy Joel... Let's, let's say that for another podcast. My Probably. Billy, Billy Joel cast. Yeah. No. What is Martin? Billy Martin. Billy Martin Joel. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we're done with this. Well, you know, uh, we got one more episode uh, or a mini episode uh, left. Um, Megasode. The mega so this is one that's going to be we only talk about a few of things that happened this year and some stuff that you can um, look forward to in the next season. Um, but for now, I will uh, bid you adieu and see you next time. Bye, everybody. Mm. 
Thank you once again for listening to Living in the Past. Got some awesome people to thank at the end of the show here. Andrew Golding does our music for us. You can check out his stuff at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. Rebecca Sheedy, she does our artwork. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at mildscribbling. Send us an email at livingthepastpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. You can check out letterbox.com following P.D. Lumsden and check out the movies that we've been talking about this season. You can check out the music we've been talking about on the podcast by going to Spotify and searching Living in the Past podcast and then the month that you want to check out. Want to help us grow the show? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or tell your neighbour, tell your friend, tell your mother. It all helps. And until next time, as we always say, sit back, look back and relax. Relax.